Welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Uitake, and I'm so excited that you've tuned in. Our mission is focused on connecting, developing, and inspiring young business leaders to find and pursue their purpose. This podcast is sponsored by Trost Marketing. Promoting your business through marketing is essential for growth. Without marketing, you lack the ability to create a conversation with your potential customers. At Trost Marketing, we provide marketing solutions that fuel growth. We are your source for all of your printing needs, as well as branded apparel and promotional items. If your business wants to stand out to potential customers, contact the marketing experts at Trost Marketing. Visit us at trostmarketing.com or call us at 866-492-7820. Young businessmen, welcome to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast. I'm your host, Evan Yuitaki, and I want to welcome you to podcast number 38. So uh, as you guys have been kind of going along with the different podcasts, you know that we're always trying to bring uh, fun and exciting people to the podcast, and today is definitely uh, no exception. Today we have Jeff Frabel. He's a certified public accountant and a graduate of Southwestern Oklahoma University. His major areas of practice include small business organization, strategic planning, income tax consultation, audit, and financial accounting services, and general business and nonprofit organizational consultation. Jeff joined CCK Strategies in 1999 and became partner four years later. Jeff's daily goal is to make an impact on his customers' lives and destroy the typical accountant stereotype. You did say we were going to have a fun and exciting podcast yes, here. Yes, absolutely. And CPA. And we're, we're going right into right. the CPA part, yeah. That's one of the things that we do want to talk about because... Uh, a lot of the things that we have that we're talking about don't necessarily tie into what we would say public accounting. It's not the flashiest of jobs, but that's actually one of the reasons why I wanted to have you here. So first of all, Jeff, welcome to the podcast and uh, say hello to the audience. Hello, audience. Well, I gave a brief little uh, description of who you are, but I'm sure I missed some gaps. So if you don't mind, go ahead and kind of fill in some of those gaps and tell the audience a little bit more about yourself. Well, uh, like you said, I am a, a CPA. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll tell you right now that if you, if anyone refers to me as an accountant, it just <laughs> makes my skin crawl. It's like uh, the, the nails on a chalkboard. If you want to refer to me as a CPA, that's great. Uh, the thing about it is that uh, we at CCK are, are not traditional in, the, in our approach to this profession. And so that's why when I say I, I want to blow away the stereotype, I think from day one when I came out of school, uh, you know, the, the, the industry just seemed to click with me. I, mm-hmm. I seemed to relate to it. I seemed to be able to do it. It seemed natural. But the more I got into it, the more I found my niche, the more I realized I didn't want to be this, this guy that you saw that just had his his head in either in a book at the time or in a computer and had the pocket protector and the 10 key and, and heaven forbid was uh, quoting tax code and, and <laughs> things like that. I, I just don't want to be that guy. Yeah. And uh, so I've, I've just tried to be different in, in my approach, not only with, with my clients and with our clients here at CCK, but just with my everyday interactions with, with people. And so I've been uh, graduated in 91 from Southwestern Oklahoma State. And at the time, I really didn't know what I wanted to do in, in accounting mm-hmm. uh, at the time. I remember a conversation distinctly with my dad. I said, I, I don't want to go to grad school. I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. He said, Jeff, you need to differentiate yourself in some way, mm-hmm. some, some, some way, some form. And so I decided to go and, and take the, the CPA exam. I, I, I didn't go to grad school. I took the CPA exam. I, I got a job with another local firm here in town, 
and because it was basically the first job that got that got offered to me, and uh, <laughs> that's how it works sometimes. That somehow that's that's God's divine plan, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I started off back in '91. I'm I'm 20 some years in now, and wow. and God has uh, have, has moved the direction of my career a couple different times, and uh, so I went from being a an auditor at the time to now being what I would call a strategist, a tax strategist, working with entrepreneurial business owners. My main goal is to put more money in their pocket than mm-hmm. my pocket. Uh, for the last eight years, I've been saying my goal is to take uh, money out of Obama's pocket. So <laughs> that's, that's where I spend my, my days, and that's what, why I get up in the morning is to, to make a, a valuable difference in my clients' lives. Yeah, and I mean, in your bio, it actually talks about how you, you grew the company from seven employees to over 90 employees. Well, I think that the, the word we need to, to pull out of there is you. Uh, yeah. was part of a of, of a very strong team. Yes, of course. Um, I will say that uh, CCK now runs uh, 90 plus strong in our in our teammates and we are getting ready this fall to celebrate our 20 year anniversary. Wow. That uh, our firm was was birthed uh, 20 years ago by uh, three very entrepreneurial uh, CPAs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, they, they kind of have the same approach to that, that designation as I do. Yeah. Um, they, they came out of another firm. They, they were not real happy. They felt like they could do something different, that they could make a difference in the lives of their people and in the lives of their clients. And so they started this firm almost 20 years ago. And I joined two years into uh, the, the firm at the time, my employee numbers is seven. Yeah. So at the time, they had about six or seven employees. <laughs> and over the last uh, almost 18 years that I've been here, it's just been a, a crazy roller coaster ride dealing with, with uh, exponential growth, uh, changes in not only the industry, but how, do we, how, do, how are we different with the way that we approach our people mm-hmm. than what is, than is normally seen in, you know, quite honestly, somewhat of a stuffy, Industry. One of the reasons that I wanted to have you on, because uh, I'm a, I'm a part of one of the local uh, business chambers, and you're you're a regular sponsor there. And it seems like every time that you sponsor something, it's not what you would expect from an accounting firm. Uh, you kind of you get outlandish. You 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 go away from the norm. And I think your last message was talking about how you're not the typical accountant. Yeah, this is when I was dressed up like Donald Trump. Yeah, you're, yeah. well, man, it, it was more of a Zach Morris, well, if you ask me. But <laughs> Now, I don't know who that is, but I felt like I was from some <laughs> band in the 1960s. Yeah. The, the wig was just a little bit over the top, but last year I dressed up like it was on the, it was the date of the, the presentation of the sponsorship was on May 4th. Mm-hmm. So I actually dressed up as Darth Vader that year. Uh, I've done the, um, the David Letterman top tens in okay. the past, but my whole goal in that situation, like you said, is, is so many times in these, in these chamber events, people pay money to get up in front and talk about their business. And it's like, well, we got so many people and this is what we do. And, and within two seconds, you're, you're, you're glazed over. Right. And so my thought is if, if we're going to pay this money to get someone's attention for five minutes, it's got to be somewhat, it's got to be uh, a different experience. And so I've, I've done several different things, and sometimes I go in thinking I'm just going to make a fool of myself. But people remember it, yeah. and again, given the profession and given that there's a CPA involved, I think it, I think it makes a difference. Well, what it, it communicated to me, and I think what you've kind of so far communicated, is that you, you had to be intentional with being different than the, the typical 
typical accountant, but it, it also ties into your culture. Like you, you've talked a lot about, you, you've said a lot of things like we and our team and those things like that. So that that those little statements, those little phrases, it's not I, it's not about me, it's about those things. Those are intentional culture statements in my book. And so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on because I recognized as I've gotten to know you and kind of seen you out in the marketplace, that you have been very intentional with, with your culture. And, and one of the things that uh, I've been able to see is that you, you've actually won some awards too uh, in, in, place, in, in regards to being best places to work and things like that. So what I want to ask you is, when did you decide that you wanted to get intentional with your culture? And what are some things that you've done to spe- uh, specifically create or design your culture here? Well, the culture started, as I, as I said, with the three founding partners. They, they birthed this thing out of something that uh, they were not used to. They wanted to, make a, they wanted to make a difference. They knew that they were different in the way they approached the industry, in the way they approached tax, in the way they approached anything that we do. They wanted to do it differently, and it was, it was no different with the way we treated people. And uh, my story started off, like I said, with a different with a different CPA firm. It was a very traditional firm, mm-hmm. and um, I was eight years into that, and I read a book called Experiencing God by by Henry Blackaby. And mm-hmm. the main the main story, the main um, thrust of Blackaby's book is that you want to uh, ask God to to show you where he is and where he's working so that you can join him as opposed to just asking him to bless what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And that took me down a road that ended up with me joining this firm. And I could tell, uh, I kind of tell the story of when I was getting ready to make a final decision, I, uh, I sat down with our managing partner, Terry Cumbie, and I and I said, Terry, I, I want I want to be absolutely sure you know what you're getting by mm-hmm. me coming on. Because this was, and I found this out more later on down the road, how big of a deal this was for, for me to come on with them at the time. Because I had, I had you know, almost 10 years of experience. And the main reason I wanted to make the switch was because I wanted to build my own book of business and be partner. I didn't just want to buy someone's book of business. Yeah. And I had... I had grown up in the audit world. I was not a tax guy, mm-hmm. and that's what this firm was. Was a that was their bread and butter? Is our bread and butter is, is tax? And I said, I just want to make sure you know what you're getting. And he kind of he kind of chuckled and he said, he goes, Oh, I know what I'm getting. And, he, <laughs> and basically, what he was telling me was, You don't know you don't know much about yeah. tax. Yeah. <laughs> but but what we're doing is we're investing in in the person. Right. And because of what we see in you and because of what we see and where you want to go and what you want to do, but also because of who you are, mm-hmm. we want to make that investment. And that was my first real encounter with, with the, uh, the, the culture of our firm. And at that point in time, it was very, um, it, was, it was in the early stages, but I could tell there was just something different about it. And uh, so I was with the firm for four years before I became partner and then a few years after that we decided that we were going to uh, formalize what what most people will call their their core values Mm -hmm. and we we got together in a in a partner retreat and we we kind of hashed this thing out and um, that that those core values have been with us now for uh, many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how many years they've been around, but they're they're so important to us as a firm that we want to share those values 
with each person that joins the firm on their first day. Mm. So whether we have a uh, uh, whether we have a full-time employee joining us, a part-time employee joining us, whether we have an intern joining us, they they sit down with a partner and they get the the story of the core values and what they are and how they came about and why they're important. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I get the privilege and honor of, of doing that many different times and uh, sometimes it's really interesting because I'll have sometimes it's just one person mm-hmm. sometimes it's three people and sometimes I'll have all different worlds related uh, uh, represented in that meeting so I'll have someone that's coming out of school and this is their first job mm-hmm. and then I'll have someone in the same meeting that has been with another firm or another uh, maybe they're coming over from from private and um, so they've, they've been in the workforce but I go through the core values and we talk about them and, I, and I'll, I'll say things like this is what you, you'll see normally and this is what we don't do and, and the person that's coming out of school has no, has no way to really understand it. They have no point of reference. They, they have no point of reference. They, 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 can't, they don't know the context and the fear that the difficulty and fear that we have in that situation is that they will, they will quote unquote grow up mm-hmm. feeling like everybody is this way and mm-hmm. they, they really aren't. <laughs> and then you'll get the, the, the person that's been in another firm or another corporation for years and you'll say things like, I, I hope this is what you see. And they go, oh, I've already seen it in the interview process because oh, yeah. our, our culture starts with the way we bring, we onboard people. Mm-hmm. We go through, it's not just one of these, we need uh, five bodies, let's go pick them up and we'll train them and, and throw them into the, you know, to do whatever. Mm-hmm. We go through a, a very rigorous um, interview process, a, a, a recruiting process. We, we test our people. Mm-hmm. We wanna know uh, what they're, what they're, where they're strong and where they're weak. And we want to make sure that, that that person fits into our culture. And so uh, when I, they'll, they'll generally say to me, yeah, I've seen that already in the recruiting process. And it's not very long before we, we will hear from them one way or another in the various ways we do things in the firm that, oh, yeah, everything you, you told me was, was, was dead on. Yeah. And I, I've seen it. And in that meeting, we, we tell them, if you don't see this, we need to know about it. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't mean we're perfect, you know. We we that doesn't mean we we bat a thousand on everybody we bring into the firm because sometimes it just kind of slips through the testing and people will test well and and they don't fit and yeah. it's it's just it's not a it's it's not perfect but it, it does happen but that that process we go through I think is the uh, is the is one of the foundations for our. Our, our culture is we want to get the right people in here mm-hmm. and then when we get them in here we want to put them on in the right seat of the bus absolutely and w- one of the things that I've learned I was actually uh, taking a little bit of a note whenever you were talking is uh, you hire for attitude and you train uh, from there and that's one of the things that I've learned in my role is that if you can get the right people and get them in the right seat of the bus if the attitude's right it's almost like the rest can be trained. Is that something that you, I mean, you're, you're obviously more technical here, but is that something that you've seen in your industry yeah, as well? Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, tell, I'll tell our teammates when they start that first day, one of the things I, I, I mentioned to them is you could be, you could be technically brilliant mm-hmm. and come in and struggle in the culture area 
and you're going to I'll use this these terms loosely, but you're going to do worse than someone that comes in mm-hmm. and struggles in the technical area, but is brilliant in the culture. Yeah, because it the when you see that attitude and you see someone that um, that wants to help and wants to care and wants to get it right and wants to be part of something bigger than themselves, mm-hmm. that that is we can get to the technical part inevitably. Yeah. But when you get when you have someone that has a I'm not necessarily going to call it a character fault because it may work well somewhere else, but it's just it doesn't fit well inside our four walls. When that just doesn't mesh, it really doesn't matter how brilliant they are. We we ultimately, even in the way our culture is, even in the way we move them out, it's mm-hmm. not just a, well, you're done. Yeah. It's, okay, this is obviously not working. What can we do? I mean, we've had people stay on for weeks or months while we tried to find them a place to to transition to. So it's whether it's someone coming in or going out, we're 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 always trying to be different in the way that we we treat our teammates. So when you do things like that in terms of employee loyalty, but also in terms of customer satisfaction, what are some of the things that you see as a result of having that kind of culture? Does it overflow to your customers? Does it overflow to your team's work ethic? What are what are some of the results? Well, I'm going to go I'm going to go to the what our core values are because yeah. some of them are very much teammate driven but also client focused. So our our core values are the acronym GREAT, G R E A T. Mm-hmm. So the the very first two are very much teammate driven and client driven. So we have we're goal oriented and we're results driven. Mm-hmm. And so as that relates to our teammates, what we're trying to do is from the moment they come on, we're trying to put them as we said in the right in the right seat of the bus. We're trying to really understand what their what their goals are. We're trying to understand where their strengths are, where their talents are so that we can not just go, well you're just going to be an auditor or you're going to be a, a tax preparer. Um, sometimes they come in and that's just not the best place for them mm-hmm. and they want to they may have an idea to, to to take on forensics or to take on business valuation or something like that uh, or maybe go from a, an administrative position to more of a para professional position mm-hmm. and we want to identify that and those goals and those desires and get them into the right place and it's no different than it is with our clients when when we sit down with our clients we don't just go uh, we're not just a commodity-based throw out a tax return and get it done. We one of the first questions you're going to get from us in a prospective client situation is where do you want to go? Yeah. What do you want to do? What are your goals for this business? And the really amazing, cool thing about it is that those questions don't just come from the quote-unquote partner mm-hmm. in in those meetings. They're coming from uh, our teammates that are in those meetings with us that have. Uh, lesser number of years of experience, but they've been in the CCK culture and they know um, because of the way they received their training, because of the way they've been involved in the uh, in the jobs and not just sitting on the sidelines and, and pushing a pencil, but mm-hmm. actually involved. Uh, they know how we, we work, they know the questions to ask, and it really gives us the opportunity, opportunity to really work more as a, as a team yeah. all the time. So we're, we're very goal-oriented very results driven in that we we, we don't want to take uh, many times the first answer is not the best answer yeah. we want to we want to keep pursuing our best the best answer out there and as it relates to our teammates we want to we want to know how someone's doing we want to track how they're doing we want to follow their progress we mm-hmm. want to put them in a mentor re- relationship we want to put them in a good supervisory uh, relationship so that we can we can track their results and and understand how they're progressing and how they 
to again get them back to the position where they're where they're going to thrive and where they're going to be most excited. Our our E, A, and T then I feel are more teammate driven. Mm-hmm. Um, our E is that we're an encourager of others. Mm-hmm. Our A is that we're in co- accountable with integrity, and then our T is that we're thoughtful and fair. And I think this is one of the things that amazes me about our culture is we don't want to just like we said we go th- we go through this recruiting process we don't just want to find someone that's just technically brilliant but you can't work with them and so you throw them in and they they do all this great work but no one can can work with them yeah um our culture gives us the opportunity to uh to be who we are mm-hmm. so and, and i think one of the uh, one of the biggest examples of that is 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 me. Um, we've we've been through a, a strength finders um, survey and testing mm-hmm. as a firm, and it's been we've really jumped on board with this in, in identifying everybody's top five themes and celebrating those themes and and getting them connected with others that are have the same themes. And um, I actually give a presentation on this in, in reconciling your your leadership strengths with your God given identity your identity in Christ because yeah. when you take I've got uh, I've got four other partners and when you take uh, the four of them and you look at their their strengths their themes they're very much uh, strategy ideation uh, maximizer I mean just really when you would look at me go these are these are awesome CPAs yeah, these, yeah. these are the kind of people I want just reducing my tax my tax burden and and strategizing with my business and then I take my strengths my themes I put them in the middle and um, I only share one strength one theme with my partners and um, it's not strategy yeah um, I've got I've got these themes of, of harmony and restorative and um, responsibility and consistency and it was a it was a big it was a big shock for me and Quite honestly, I went through a process where I was like, I, I feel less than. And because of our culture, because of my teammates, because of my partners, they are they are helping me to believe that, you know what, um, Jeff is here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And Jeff has a spot. And Jeff plays a role. And these are the roles that, that Jeff plays. And that's not to say that I know exactly what they are today, mm-hmm. but we're working on them. And, but it gives the, it gives the opportunity for for a person to be who that who that person is and not make them come in and try to be something completely different from what they're not because when you can be more who you are that's that's you're you're happier you're, yeah. you're more joyous you're more productive than not being very happy yeah well i'm glad you brought up finding your strengths we actually had dave jewett on with yeah. your one degree uh yeah. in a previous podcast and he kind of talks about that kind of dialing into what you you're essentially created for what brings you to life, and then we had a, another guest, Amber Day, on, and she talked about finding out that you might be good at multiple things, but just because someone says you're good at something doesn't necessarily mean that's what brings you life. And so there is a strong importance, and uh, it, it just kind of keeps—it's a theme that keeps coming up into really not just finding out something that you're good at, but finding out what your true God-given strengths are. And ultimately, when you when you know that and you're able to implement those things you become more in, in harmony with, with your, your environment. So that's one of the things that I've beginning to learn and, and, and I really encourage our audience to do is, is really go find out who you are, not just who you think you are, but actually find out who you are. There's who a, you want to be. And who you want to be, yeah. And, and once you have that, then you can start kind of aligning yourself or creating that path for you. It's not that 
uh, it's not that you shouldn't do anything that you want. You have the ability to, to do anything that you want. But as time progresses, you have less and less time. And so it really comes down to being smart about what you're doing with your time. Because in some cases, you can do a lot of things. But are those things things that are bringing you life and, and making yeah, I was, you I was happy? just at lunch uh, before we started this, and, and the, the gentleman I was having lunch with asked me that, that question. He says, what, what is it about what you do that you, you like? Yeah. And, I, and I, I sat back for a moment and just started thinking about it, and it really kind of gelled in the, the technical as well as the, the emotional side of who I am because I said, you know, when I can, when I can take something like the world of tax, which everyone knows that you can't avoid death and taxes. <laughs> and so tax is one of those areas that uh, brings, in a lot of times, fear to people. It, it, it brings... Um, confusion. It, it, the three things I hear from prospective clients all the time is they, they feel like, number one, they're paying too much tax. Yeah. Number two, there's, there's nothing proactive or strategic about it. And number three, they can't get a return phone call, which yeah. it seems like a weird third one, but that's what they tell me. And I, and I told this gentleman, I said, man, when I can sit down with someone that's going, man, I pay too much tax, and I'm just, they're just filling out a return, and I can go, well, why don't you show me what's going on? Why don't you tell me, tell me where you want to go? Show me what you're, you, you've been reporting and, and how you've been approaching things. And then I can, I can take a look at all that. And many times it's me with my teammates, mm-hmm. um, which is an amazing thing to do. Because when they come up with ideas, it's, you're just going, they're getting it. And, yeah. and it's, not just, it's not just me. It's not just my partners. It's not just all this information and knowledge at the top. But when you can say, well, here's where you are and here's what we can do and oh by the way we can put $25,000 in your pocket and that's after you pay us I mean this is all free money in your pocket and they they just get that look on their face and go man why haven't I been doing this for years <laughs> and that 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 appeases my technical side because I've helped them there but it also gives me that warm fuzzy feeling that allows me to connect with that client and go I'm really doing something that's so much more than just uh, just giving them an answer, but I'm I'm creating value. I'm creating time. Uh, I'm doing a lot of different things, and that gives me the warm fuzzies that I'm I'm doing what God created me to do, and that's why that's why I want to get up in the morning. Yeah, well, I, th- I think a famous per- person said something along the lines of people perish for a lack of knowledge when they're saying and looking out there and trying to figure out like why why didn't I do this sooner? It's, I think a lot of times it's because they just they, they don't they don't know. They don't know they they don't know who to talk to and. Again, I, I just, I think one of the thing, things about our culture is that we're not, we're not a, when I say a typical CPA firm, you could go, well, what, what does that mean? Well, we're, we don't just throw numbers on a return. We, we, we talk to our clients. We, we're continually looking and striving for those best, an, for those best answers and, and the results. But the way we treat our people and the way we, we, uh, we take care of our culture is is different than anything I've ever seen mm. in the industry. And you mentioned the awards. I mean, two or three years ago, we were we were named the number one mid size mid size accounting firm in the nation to, wow. to work for, and that was based upon the results of a of surveys taken by our people. Mm. And that's not one of those things where we said, uh, "Hey, why don't you?" We're taking these surveys and make us sound really good so yeah. that we can win. That is <laughs> nothing like that at all. And to come in to that, I'll call it a competition, but to come in that first year and to not only make 
the top five, but to be awarded number one was it was a huge boost for our culture and it just kind of was a, a pat on the back saying you know what you're you're doing you're doing things right and you don't need awards to do that I mean, you can see it in the lives of your people mm-hmm. each and every day and so uh, whether you you're, you're trying to be flexible for your your teammates or you're conveying knowledge or you're allowing them to take the lead in a in a job or a project and um, or giving them credit where credit is due. I had a situation a couple weeks ago where uh, I was talking with a, a teammate and he came up with this idea to save our clients several thousands of dollars. And when we were on the phone with the client, I said, yeah, this was, this was so-and-so's idea. Mm-hmm. And he was just, he's like, well, thank you for doing it. So well, why would I not do that? It was your idea. You need, to, you need to be honored and you need to be praised in front of this client so that they have the trust in you. And so, uh, like I said, you don't need, you don't need awards. It's, it's a matter of when you, uh, when you leave at the end of the day, when you, when you wrap up a tax season and you can see the look on your, your, your teammates' faces, you can see uh, sometimes the excitement in them when you're doing a different project or you, you're allowing them to grow. Uh, that's that's what the culture is all about. Well, Jeff, one of the uh, one of the other things I wanted to bring up is uh, since you're talking about awards and those kinds of things, you talked about uh, one of the awards you got was uh, best places to work for millennials in tw- uh, 2015, and a lot of the people that are listening to this podcast probably fall into that category. I'm actually in that category. I just barely eked into the millennial yeah. group. Either that or, or I got kicked out of the Gen X. I'm not sure which one happened. I'm sorry you got kicked out of Gen X because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the best ever. <laughs> but uh, because there's a lot of people that are classified in that millennial group that are probably listening to this, what, what is the, do you believe that the millennial generation is looking for that, that would a- attract them to something like a CCK? Or what are some of the things that you've done that have been intentional because there's a lot of people out there who probably have millennials that work for them and they want to find ways uh, to get them engaged and get them uh, really operating in their strengths because they do have a lot of strengths and they have a lot of passion about what they do but it's different than the traditional what the traditional workforce looks like yeah well first of all i'm not a millennial expert i'm everything i hear especially uh it's it's really weird when you're when you're a gen x or or was gen y or whatever and you're hearing these things they they want to put the millennials down and um, i'm not sure that's fair and so when you when you think about you've won an award for one of the best places for millennials to work so the the question maybe would you go after millennials we just go after people. Mm-hmm. We're going after people that that fit our mold, uh, that 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 fit our culture. But when you're when you're talking about the things that uh, people have classified as far as this generation and their their qualities, some of the things that I think speak to that generation is one of the things is that we have a very flexible schedule, a very uh, flexible work environment. So. What I mean by that is we have we, we try to be on the 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 front edge of the the, the, the technology bubble. So I mean I remember back when I started that you know the size of the computer that we had and and there was absolutely no I mean I remember it was a big deal to even have the internet at your yeah. your, your desktop. But these days we are where we have a lot of remote capabilities and. So what that means for, for our people, for all of our people, is that there's a lot of flexibility in the way we get our work done. Yeah. And it, it really, it's not so much a flexibility thing as it is a trust thing. I think it, it tells people that we trust them. In other words, if you want to leave at, at, 
one or two o'clock in the afternoon because you want to go home and you got to take care of something on the way home and you're going to wrap up your work that afternoon sitting at home in your shorts uh, who cares? Uh, you're gonna. You're. We, we trust you. Mm-hmm. We we trust the effort that you're gonna put in. We trust the the quality of the work that you're going to strive for, and uh, so I think given that opportunity to be flexible with your day, uh, given the opportunity, and that that goes for like moms as well. We've been yeah. we've been we kind of started off in that area of, of promoting that flexibility with uh, moms that have. Um, you know, they come back to work, but then they need the flexibility when their their children are young, and it it just it worked for them. It, it works for all of our people. So I think the I think the remote capability and the trust that goes in there, and even especially during our busy seasons, during the busy tax seasons, that you know we've we've got to put in some hours, mm-hmm. and you don't want to do that. I mean, like I said, I remember the the days when it was like mandatory Saturdays, and. Ooh. I, I would much rather leave here because I'm done at like four. My mind's done. I'm, a, I'm an early riser. And uh, I would much rather leave at four, go in and, and do a couple hours at home. Or if I'm going to work on the weekend, I'm, just let me do it at home. Let me get up at, at three o'clock in the morning and knock it out by, by nine and be done and, and have that flexibility. So I think given that opportunity is, is a good deal. Um, we, we give our people and our teammates the opportunity to share in our successes. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of mentioned it before, but it's not a, it, our, our, our culture is not one where you only get to see the partner or you only get to see the supervisor. In fact, we have a hierarchy of the way we, we do things, but it's not based upon job title as much as it is job function. Mm-hmm. So in your, in your traditional CPA firm, you have you have your uh, staff, and then you have your seniors, and then you have your supervisor advising seniors, then you have your managers, then you have your partners, and there's this, this hierarchy in, in the way that you, you, you go, through the, uh, go through the firm. Mm-hmm. And you may hear the term up or out a lot. If you're not moving up, they may want you in, <laughs> in, corporate, in the corporate world. But here, our, our job titles are based upon functionality, not uh, not not a hierarchy of positions. So we have we have like project managers and we have service coordinators and it 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 really defines who they are and what they do and their function and it, that allows us to work together as a team more. So mm-hmm. our you know our we work horizontally, not vertically, is the way I always kind of explain it. But what that does is when we get into some of these uh, tax strategy discussions, we've got our not only the the people looking at it from the the big picture perspective, big picture perspective, but also those that are in the the weeds and the details, doing the the, the forms and the work, yeah. and they sit in there. And then when we come up with these ideas, they they get to feel like they're really part of that, and they get to learn and they get to train, and and that's why a lot of our people will will come up with the you know similar ideas and similar strategies because they've been hearing it for a lot of uh for a period of time it's not one of these things where they just you know someone else gets the glory and someone comes up with the idea it really is a it really is a team approach um we we serve the community together Mm -hmm. Uh, we have a lot of different we have a a charitable aspect uh to our, our employee benefits where we encourage our people to take time and, and use so many hours a year to serve the, the community. Uh, a lot of times they do that together. And we've also, my, my partner has been president, is finishing up his second year being president of the food bank. Mm. We've been, we've done some really great things. Um, like for example, with our, our Christmas parties are not one where we go and just spend a ton of money at a fancy restaurant and have a, a 
a fancy meal and no one really enjoys it. We yeah. we will go and we will we will serve at the food bank for our Christmas party and that gives that gives everybody the opportunity to feel like again they're they're operating in a world that's bigger than them mm-hmm. and gives them the opportunity to work with their their other teammates to to serve that purpose. So that's cool. Um, and then I think lastly is we we just do a lot to invest in each other. Um, we our our culture is one of relationships. Those relationships are encouraged. Like I said, in our core values, we're encouragers of others. We're thoughtful and fair, and we're in, we're accountable as well with with integrity. And we we kind of define integrity as doing what you say you're going to do. And so if, if you're if you have a meeting on your calendar at ten o'clock, that means the meeting starts at ten o'clock. You don't just yeah. you don't you, you're respectful of other people's time. Um, but one of the things that we've really lately, I think, that's been very beneficial for our culture, for our people, has been our mentoring program. We've uh, we've we've revamped that in the last few years. We've got an individual over that program right now that just is taking that ball and running with it, making sure that people are connected to the right people. Mm-hmm. It's not just an opportunity to get together and gripe about what's going wrong <laughs> at CCK. It's an opportunity to. Um, to learn about each other, to encourage each other, to I just started two relationships uh, recently that I'm real excited about. I see it almost as a discipleship opportunity in addition to mentoring. And I, I think that the my understanding of the millennial workforce is that they they want that not really that direction, but they want that camaraderie. they want to to feel like it's um, that it, that all this is bigger than them, and that they're they're playing a role, and, and they can make a difference, and and so whether it's in the mentoring relationships or, or serving with each other or just having the flexibility, I think those are the the various kind of things that that speak to that generation. And like I said, we 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 don't go looking for millennials; we just we just look for the right people. Yeah, well, there's a lot of really good stuff in there in terms of all the different things that you guys do, and. The, the thing that strikes me, and, and I, I try to make this comment whenever it, it comes up, is none of it's that hard. None of it's like anything that's rocket science or anything else, but these are just common things that um, really, you, you, in a business world, yeah, maybe having somebody leave at one o'clock and having the ability to trust that employee, but really, if you think about it, you hired them because you trust them. And, right. and so this is a good way to demonstrate that, and I think a lot of people are going to actually take that and not take advantage of it, but they're actually going to uh, view it as a privilege and operate with it that way and really respect those those different things. So um, with all those different things that you guys have done, I, I think based on what I've seen from the people that I know that work here and, and how you guys present yourself, I feel like it's one of those things that from creation of that culture, creation of those principles, all the way down to the experience that your customers have, uh, that you've really got, been very intentional with designing that culture and, and designing those things. So, uh, Jeff, I want to thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast to talk about uh, the culture that you have here and, and, and kind of give a behind-the-scenes view because I think a lot of times people look at different organizations and they say, oh, well, you know, I just I don't know that I could do that. I, I only have three employees or I, I, don't, I only have 25 employees. And I think it, it, it starts with when you have seven it starts yeah. with when you have two it starts with just yourself and you really have to define it, it that. does start with yourself because when you when you when you 
you ask the question, how can someone make an impact? Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I, I see there's a difference between making an impact in the culture and making a change in the culture. And, and sometimes a change is, is, is pretty widespread, and that can be difficult for one person. But anybody, I think, can make an impact. And I think it really starts with, with yourself. And, mm-hmm. and what are you going to do today that, that makes a difference with just the way you interact with people, um, the things you say to people, the, the way you interact with your clients and, and the people that you work with um, you know, every day. If, that doesn't mean I come to work every day with just a smile on my face and I'm just Mr. Chipper. It's not, that's not the way it is. But when I, I know when I'm that way, there's people in, in this culture that are just as strong the other way that day than I am down. In other words, they're there to pick me up. They're there, they're there to encourage. They're, they're there to, to strengthen. And it's okay. I mean, it, it's, it's not like you're put on this pedestal and, and people go, oh, he's got to be a certain way. Um, I think the other co- really cool thing about it is that we, I think you were, you were alluding to it just kind of being somewhat natural. That doesn't make it easy. Yeah. Um, there, there's a lot of work. And as we grew, the question was, could we maintain the culture? Uh, I was having a conversation with someone about this just, just earlier today, and, and she made the comment that we don't defend the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's a very defensive type of, of comment. We were very, just like we are with our clients and being proactive, we are, we are proactive with our, with our culture. Mm-hmm. It's not a you can't do this and you can't do that. It's more of a you, just, you need to be the person that God created you to be. Now, how can we, how can we maximize those, those qualities so that everybody, everybody benefits? Because when one part of the body uh, is, is successful with what they do, we all, we, all, we all are better and we all succeed. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, I want to give you the last word on it. What are knowing the audience and knowing the, the kind of the, the group that we're, we're we're targeting here with this podcast, the people that listen in? What are some of the things that you want to say to that next generation? That generation is maybe ten years younger, or, or they're in their early twenties and they're looking to get started in their business, or looking looking to start a business. What would you kind of say to that that person right now who's 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 wanting to grow in their leadership role or really jump out and become that entrepreneur? Well, first thing you want to do is you you really want to listen to. Um, ho- hopefully, you're a faith based person, mm-hmm. and I think I can't I can't talk about that kind of stuff without speaking about my faith. Uh, the main reason I am where I am today, as far as locationally, is in this firm, is because I listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that needs to be a big part of your life. I think you need to be to be searching. I think you need to be listening. Um, for, for that movement, and when you when it when it hits, I think you need to be faithful to it. Um, I think you need to surround yourself with people that are encouragers, people that you can rely on, people that you can share with. That you don't have to be. There's so many people out there who think they have to be a certain way and present a a, a position of strength or, or something like that, and, mm-hmm. and they're just not honest. I when you talk to me, I'm pretty much an open book. Uh, we can we can meet, and five minutes later, I'm sharing you. I'm sharing with you everything in my life. Um, I think there's some strength to that. I think surrounding yourself with people that you can get advice from, people that you can uh, that, that will speak truth into your life, and and I think it's that I think it's important to not be afraid of of change. Um, now that some people that know me may may laugh when they hear <laughs> me say that because it's to me change can be a scary thing, but. I know the step of faith that I took 18 years ago, and I've never, I've never looked back from that. And so, when you really feel like there's um, that something that needs to be done, 
uh, whether that's a, in it, making an impact in your own culture or making a change in a uh, profession or making a change in a, in a job or, or whatever, I think you need to be need to be listening to that, not afraid to, to really make that that change. And uh, now sometimes some of those changes can be pretty overwhelming. Yeah. And it's not where you just wake up and go, okay, here we go. But um, there's a lot to be said for faith and for connecting yourself with, with people. And, and I mean, the, the entrepreneurial community in Tulsa is amazing, whether it's 36 degrees north or whatever. Um, there's people around that are in the same situation as, as, as you may be. Mm-hmm. And anytime you can surround yourself with those people and gain wisdom and gain understanding and uh, gain encouragement, I think that's a good deal. Jim Rohn said, uh, you're the average of the five people that you hang around. Yes. And uh, we love quoting that because that, that just really ties right into that when you are around those people or you're around the people that you want to be like or you want to strive to be, it's it actually reprograms your subconscious and really helps you get to that next level. And that's one of the reasons that we have this podcast and we have the Young Businessmen of Tulsa. And our goal is to create those mentorship opportunities to uh, allow yourself to go to that next level and see that it's possible. See that, you know, when you have a guy like Jeff here that's that open book, uh, you may look at the success that he has and say, you know, that guy's not not approachable or whatever the set of circumstances it was, there's no way I could achieve that. And I think, Jeff, you'll agree with me and say that really it's possible for anybody if you're doing what you love and you found what your true purpose in life is, you will see that success. And it doesn't happen right away. It's not something that uh, all of a sudden a, a switch flips and, and you're on to the next thing. But uh, one of the one of the goals with this is is to let you know that those things are possible. So I think one other thing that's important there when you're when you're talking about that is no matter who you look at and no matter who you look maybe look up to, mm-hmm. they all have their their crap. Yeah. I mean, no one is perfect. Uh, you may look at someone and think, oh, they're, they're, they're a success in their business and their, their marriage is this, and, and you know, they just, they're just perfect. And, and for that reason, I'm not, I, I can't approach them or I may feel like a failure. It, it, everyone's got their own stuff. Yeah. And uh, nobody is, is beyond that. And, I, and to me, it's, it's, there's a lot of benefit in, in, in coming together and sharing those types of things so that we can all grow stronger than, than trying to portray yourself as, as some almighty, all-knowing business leader. That just, <laughs> no, it doesn't work. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, nobody's perfect. The ultimate goal is to seek to find the best version of you that's possible. Uh, seek out mentorship. Seek out those people uh, that you see as the greatest of all time or or that are out there doing exactly what you want to do and learn from them. They're more than willing to share not only their successes with you, but also their struggles. And, and once you realize that they go through those kinds of uh, struggles, uh, I think you'll find that the path to success is a little bit easier than you thought. It's still going to take work, and uh, you'll see that in the different struggles that people have. But at the same time, it is also very, very feasible. And it's, well, it's, not like it's, it's not like there's no sources or resources out there to take advantage of that. I yeah. mean, they're, they're, they really are all over the place, place whether it's your, your own church, whether it's Young Businessmen of Tulsa and a mentoring program there, whether it's through the, like the Tulsa Chamber, they've got a mentoring program. There's, yeah. there's, there really isn't an excuse to say, well, I couldn't find anybody who wanted to mentor me. Yeah. Um, now, it does take a little bit of effort to try to maybe to find them, but the resources are out there for sure. Absolutely. Jeff, thank you for taking the time, for being that open book and sharing your story with us. And Young Businessmen, we'll catch you guys on the next podcast. Young Businessmen, thank you for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. And if you'd like to learn more about the Young Businessmen of Tulsa, check out our website at www.ybtok.com or 
email us at ybtoklahoma at gmail.com. If you live in the Tulsa area and would like to hear one of our great speakers live at our monthly luncheon, we meet on the second Monday of every month from 12 to 1 p.m. Like us on Facebook for details about locations and upcoming speakers. Lastly, if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on iTunes and share us with your friends. Thank you for tuning in to the Young Businessmen of Tulsa podcast, where we connect, develop, and inspire young businessmen to find and pursue their purpose.